What's up, everybody? And on this episode of Guys Talking Sports, we talk NBA, NBA, NBA. We rehash the NBA draft, and we're talking about the free agency. So be sure to listen in. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. It's your boy A, Big A, aka Age, aka Adrian, aka. We tired. We so so tired. But I'm here with my peoples, Al, my, my man, my man E. What's going on, fellas? Happy Wednesday to both of you. Uh, happy Wednesday to everybody out there. Uh, just trying to stay up right now. So. Let's get it moving. <laughs> Same here. I'm drinking a spot of green tea. Mm. Wait, right. what just happened? Oh, say that again, Smooth. I'm yeah. drinking a spot of green tea. For some reason, it's not even spotlighting on you. There you go. There All you right. Go. Hey, hey, look good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You forgot the pinky, sir. Forgot the pinky. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, fellas. Now that Mr. Mr. Earl is back from uh, being on assignment, I'm sure he's brought back some uh, some very valuable content. But welcome back, sir. <laughs> Glad to be back. Glad to be back. I know I missed you guys last week, and I know I missed some of the stuff with draft. So, uh, yes, ask me what you want. <laughs> what did you think of the draft? Any surprises? Uh, anything that uh, caught your eye? Nope, I was grateful that um, the second um, the second ball son, and that's probably a bad way to put that, but the second. <laughs> <laughs> but Lonzo Ball's brother, Leandro, not only did he not get picked up, the Los Angeles Lakers said your services are not going to be required for summer um, um, for the summer at all. So basically, he is a man without a team. Not surprising at all. <laughs> well, here's the thing, because just because they said that the Lakers said that doesn't mean that he won't get signed to their G League affiliate. So, I, I, I mean, I, at least as far as I know, they just said that they're not going to sign him to like a summer league thing. But who's to say he doesn't sign on with their G League affiliate team? Who's to say, who's to say that Lonzo will be even on the Lakers squad come next season? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hop right into it. <laughs> so you were talking about free agency. <laughs> <laughs> Look like the Lakers is uh trying to make some wholesale changes. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a moment. But so outside of uh uh Leangelo ball not being picked up or drafted or nothing else really tickled to fancy, it's pretty much Cut no, no, it was a pretty much a cut and dry um, draft, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think everything kind of went as expected. Um, I was a little bit surprised, you know, with the um, Dallas trading for for the kid from Europe. Um, so I guess they're going to have their quote unquote Dirk Dirk Nowinski uh, <laughs> Euro replacement. Um, however, I think the draft is pretty good. I know there's a lot of um, some grumblings here in Philly because the Sixers drafted a hometown boy, boy Markel Bridges, and then two picks after that, he was traded. <laughs> he was traded for 
uh, I can't think of the kid's name, but a future first-round pick, which could be in 2019. So Philly's definitely stockpiling draft picks up um, up here as well. So um, he was a safe pick for the Sixers, but the guy that they traded for was definitely as from the um, from what the coach is saying, a better athlete. So I mean, I think he might fit well. He's a, he's a definitely like wing and, and a better defender and all around athlete than I think they're saying Markel Bridges is. So I think he's not going to be brought in to expect to do anything major. Um, there's still that loom that LeBron James might, you know, come in. So you don't want anybody that's going to be maybe a bad fit for him. But as of right now, I think he's a safe pick. It's not to be thrust into the light. You still got Markel Fultz, so hopefully we'll get his jump shot back and, you know, we'll have those, what they call it, case the yips. So I think it was a safe pick. I think they're stocking up draft picks for the future if they want to be aligned for the, um, the draft class after this year, which – you know, it's going to have, you know, arguably Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, you know, maybe LeBron James, if, which I believe is probably going to opt in one more year with Cleveland. We can get to that in a second. But I think Philly's just kind of positioning themselves in a, in a way to be able to either get somebody or do like a sign and trade, some, some kind of deal with someone. So I think they're just stack, stacking up picks to position themselves for not this year, but next summer and still stay competitive, which I think they're going to be, after a year of experience, a lot more competitive. But kudos to your boy, uh, Bagley, for going to uh, Sacramento. How to Duke? Well, Duke is my <laughs> second or tertiary squad at the moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're West Virginia boy. Didn't he go somewhere deep in um, like late, late first round or second round? Yeah, he went early second, Javon Carter, Memphis. I think Memphis will be my second squad just because I truly believe Javon is going to make a niche for himself. I, I, you know, I guess I can see how they're putting the whole Patrick Beverly type of uh, comparison to him because he prides himself on defense. But I want to believe that Javon is going to come out to be more than just a, a defensive uh, person. because He's just that type of a dude that's always in the gym, always trying to get better. And I think he's going to turn around and his work ethic is kind of going to rub off on, on Memphis, at least in my opinion. And I think that he'd be a, a quality starter beyond just defense uh, for Memphis, maybe year two, no later than year three. I'm, 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 I, you know what? I'm going to put it out there right now and say, I would not be surprised if he becomes a starter this upcoming season. Over Connolly? I don't think Conley's going to uh, – he's too injury-prone at this point. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, they over – I mean, Conley is a great dude. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. But the fact is he's too injured all the time. So, Javon, he stepped in, he stepped into a great position because he's going to get a chance. I'm pretty sure – I'm 80% sure he's going to get a chance to play now. And show what he could do. And I'm pretty sure that with the new coaching staff, I think that they're going to love him to the point where they're going to say, you know what? Conley is going to be expendable at the end of this season, this upcoming season. Um, I'm putting it out there. I think he was put into thrust into a great position in Memphis because he has that defense, defensive mentality, but he's also a floor. Uh, he's a, he's a bona fide for general. So I think that that will definitely – this couldn't have been a perfect scenario for him. 
because it'll give him a chance to show what he could do in Memphis. So let me say this. If you think, what if Memphis is going along and they can see themselves probably no better than a 500 squad? Do you think they'll put uh, Conley up there as a, uh, as a trade piece? Possibly. If it was in his final year, maybe. But the thing about it is, is that they they pigeonhole themselves to a, a, a contract, I mean, contract, contracts nightmare. I mean, they both Conley, Parsons, and Gasol alone, those salaries are worth 60 million. Like it's 20 million a piece. So they put themselves in a deep hole. So unless it's in their final year, then it'd be one thing. But if it's not their final year, I don't see no teams going after them with the contracts that they have. Either one of them, either one of them. See, they got they, they got Duke. You know, Conley had that that real hot year, and then he had that really really hot um hot um, um playoff run the year before he got that massive contract. And then after he got the contract, oh, he's hurt. Seeing he barely played. So <laughs> it always seems to happen. Someone has a, a good a good year, a good playoff run, and then they cut the check. And I think everybody was highly surprised that Conley got that kind of a check. I mean, I thought he was good, but I didn't think he was a hundred million plus good like that. Cough up the money, but like you said, now they're pigeonholed because now they're tied. You know, unless they can get an even swap where the contracts mesh well, then I I think they're going to be stuck with him until like his maybe his next or final year. No, it's crazy though. Like you could, <clears throat> if you're tall, have a halfway decent jump shot, and kind of quick, you can get a damn good contract in the NBA, and you could be average at best. It's like it's almost like the NBA has to throw money at players just because they got the money to throw around. And I think in Memphis' case, they threw around a ton of money thinking that, you know, I hate to use this term, you know, they threw shit on the wall and hoped it would stick. But unfortunately, the shit didn't stick. It kind of just crawled down the wall. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I – I, I don't even know how that even came into your mind. So, I'm, I'm but I mean, but just in general, just as far as the NBA is concerned, where you know you have those elite stars, and then you got stars that are, then you have stars that are great, and then you have stars that are good, and then you have stars that are above average. But even the above average NBA player can get anywhere between ten and twenty million a year, and that's what I'm saying. I think. Memphis, in their case, they, they saw a bunch of players who they thought they were good, but they were probably more so than just above average because, like you said, they probably had a great season or they had a great playoff run, and then they thought, wow, let me go lock this dude up, you know, and threw a ridiculous contract at him, and they're like, sure. No different than what um, OKC did with Melo. Melo wasn't about to turn down that 20, $29 million. <laughs> Cause he know he ain't even gonna get half of that somewhere else. <laughs> and OKC got to pay him, right? And I'm not saying Melo isn't a good player anymore. You know, he, I, I think he's just too stubborn in his ways to adjust his role. He needs to come off the bench. He that dude to run the second team. That way he could get his shots and he could still get 20 or 25 points a game. But he just needs to do it in 20, 22 minutes instead of 34. <laughs> But, I mean, that's just where I was going with the whole toss of money around like it's nothing because everything got so much money now coming in with just the, the, the global brand and everything. It's just 
it's not enough. It's not enough good to great players in the league to justify the types of money that's getting paid out, and that's why a bunch of teams are handicapped the way they are. Now, what it is is that teams are. You, you're right. The teams are paying for potential. That's what mm-hmm. it is. That's the bottom line. They're paying for their potential. Um, unfortunately for Memphis, it just never panned out the way that they wanted to. Couldn't expect both Mike Conley and Chandler Parsons to be injured. And then to top it all that, on top it all off, Gasol hasn't, you know, he's played average, but not to what we've seen him do before. So it's it's difficult because a lot of teams are gonna end up doing that, paying more money for the potential of the NBA player, which, you know, it's hit or miss. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I, I do agree, Memphis, they they definitely dug a hole that they they need to get themselves out of because it's going to be very, very difficult for them to get to where they need to be or where they want to be um, to even make it to the playoffs with the, the talent that they have currently, and especially if their stars are injured. So. And they got rid of a damn good coach in in, um, in Fisdale because he, he wanted to bitch Gasol because Gasol was, was sucking, and he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, I mean, you know, I, now, to be honest, if Fisdale was still there, that would even give me more confidence about um, Carter um, playing, um, starting. Um, I think he has that type of mindset to develop the younger players, and I think it's going to work out for him him when he goes to New York, um, when he, when the Knicks, you know, with the Knicks. All depends on who they get and who they keep. That's another story. Um, but I think having Fisdale there would definitely be in the benefit for the Knicks, um, as long as they let them do what, you know, what, what, coach how he wants to coach. How do you feel about Earl? How do you feel about Phoenix and their draft? Do you think that they pretty much nailed it with – their picks. Um, do you feel confident moving forward? Um, just overall, I mean, I don't know how much you kind of just took a look and saw who was really picked up and where, but Phoenix had two pretty good first round picks. I know they got Aiton. I forget the other cat's name. I think it was. Uh, yeah, they got Aiton and they got Mikhail Bridges. From oh, that right. from that Sixers trade, right, right, yes, yes, and then they got uh, what's the kid's name? Drop seventy, Devin Booker, right. And that team's young; they're about to be explosive. And if if Eaton comes out and dominates like he said he was going to dominate, like he truly wants to be a center, like he wants to develop his post game and really be a dominant factor in the paint, which is kind of refreshing considering. You got jokers who are like seven feet tall and they want to act like they damn uh, small forwards. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I, I um, no, I, I definitely think, um, you know, to me, I, I, I think the Sixers, I mean Sixers, excuse me, um, Suns are definitely going to come up. I mean, Aiden, I think that was probably a no-brainer as far as picking him. Um, you already got, you know, Josh Jackson, you know, Devin Booker was having a good year. I mean, you pick up Mikael Bridges just to add some more depth to the. I mean, depth to the squad. So I mean, the, the future is bright. I mean, um, Josh Jackson was definitely putting in some work. You know, this past year, um, Devin Booker is only going to get you know a little bit better. Um, 
but you had an eight and down at the low. I think they still have Tyson and Chandler there, I think. Um, so um, it, it's good. I, I think it's really good. I think this. I think the Suns are probably, um, if they keep the squad as is, um, I think, you know, everyone develops and, you know, as they are, I think they have the potential to be a team to be feared in within the next couple of years. Probably right at the same time when you're going to have Golden State that's going to probably be on their downswing, you know, um, Houston Rockets are eventually going to be in their downswing. I think they're probably going to be the team, if they can keep that good core together, that's going to be the, one of the more competitive teams, you know, in the upcoming years. But the future is definitely bright for Phoenix. They, I think they did pretty good in these past two, um, in these past two drafts. I think they just a point guard away. Um, even though they did renounce the um, rights to um, Alfred Payton and um, Alex Lynn, I think they still one point guard away and probably in free agency um, to make some noise. Um, I don't think that they – I think they'll definitely make some noise in, in this upcoming season. I'm not saying that they'll make the playoffs, but they'll be right up there at the cusp of it. So what do you think about Trey Young landing in Atlanta? I don't think he's that good. I think he's going to get exposed in the, in, in the NBA. I think I think he's going to be one of those people that they drafted on potential, like we always say, but one of those kids that I think probably could have benefited from another year or two of playing, playing, and playing in college. But, you know, they, they're trying to say that he might be a, a similar kind of shooter like Steph Curry. I don't see that at this moment, but I don't think he's as good as 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 they were saying that he is. I think he probably could have benefited. And actually a lot of cats in that in that draft probably could have benefited from about another year or two playing. But you know this this is it is what it is. <laughs> true, true, true. I I find it fascinating that Villanova had about five cats get drafted. And uh, the good majority of them were juniors and seniors, I think, but except for like uh, DiVincenzo, I think was a sophomore. Uh, yes, and he went late first round. Uh, right. I think all, all their jokers went first round, I think. They had a good squad. They had a really good squad. I mean, you think of Villanova, they had a, a good team core. I mean, I mean, I think they have had one player that left last year, but I think the core of the team that won the two championships had stayed for like for both of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have a proven squad, proven players, experience. You know, they got solid games. Even um, um, Jalen Brunson got drafted. Right. Um, so after Javon Carter, by the way, we'll go ahead. <laughs> I throw that one out there. Um, I think that you'll probably see a lot of these cats in Villanova probably excel a lot quicker and start and be regular contributors than some of the other guys because just of, of you know, the basketball that they played, the experience, you know, being down, in the, you know, in the big game twice mm-hmm. in deep runs. So they definitely have that pressure. So I think they're going to – I think it's going to translate into them having more quicker, um, quicker productive runs in NBA than some of these other guys. That and just their age. You know, they're, they're not 19 coming out, joining the league. Some of them jokers are 20, 21. I think Brunson may be 22. Sorry, lie. Um, but I, 
I, I'm really looking forward to when this whole one and done rule is kind of done in the, uh, in, 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 in the, excuse me, in the, in the NCAA. Damn, couldn't get that up. Um, <laughs> because I think we're really, I, I don't know how they're going to treat the rule because I know I've been hearing different things about if they're 18, they didn't declare for the draft and then they don't get drafted, they should, should be eligible for the NCAA. Um, still go, or was it if they're if they declare for the draft and they don't get drafted, then they're eligible to go back into the NCAA? Um, I know it's one of the two, but I, I think you have to if you get an agent, I think that will solidify the fact that you can't go back to um the NCAA. Um, mm-hmm. you can um declare for the, the actual draft. But as long as you don't have an agent, you can declare and then make the decision if it's not right, you know, you feel as though that you may not get to be picked, then you can go back, withdraw and go back to um, the NCAA. But once you pick an agent or you get an agent to represent you, then you're not eligible to be back in the NCAA. Yeah, it, it, it's going to get tweaked. And I think the, 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 the one consensus I think that they're going to agree upon is that however they – however – they tweak it or say what you can and can't do. If you go to college, you're going to be there for two years. It's not this one and done. I think two years, if you sign a dotted line and attend college. Well, that'd be interesting. So, keeping up with the NBA, how do you feel about the free agents, free agency situation that's going on? And what do you also feel about, uh, was it, I believe it was Houston who came out and said that they believe that free agency should be done before the draft. So let's <laughs> touch on that first before we talk about actual free agency. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad idea. I mean, my question would be why, why is it now that, that the Houston Rockets, you know, made such a formal push when the process has been in place for like the last, you know, I don't know, what, 20 years. But I mean, it it does, you know, give you the opportunity to, to kind of get players in so you know you you can draft according to what you need. So that might flip up the draft board and who's, you know, who's going to go number one. But to me, I don't know. I guess I, I guess it wouldn't bother me any less than I mean, whether they do it before or after, I guess. Um, I don't think that would work. Um, reason being is because with the free agency, the only way that could work is if they put a deadline on a free agent, period. That's probably going to be the only way. Free agents is going to take as much time as they want to get signed. Um, they'll wait out the process. How can you, you know, the draft is so certain at this point. Once free agency hits, you know, you never know at this point. People would take forever to sign whatever their, you know, contracts or whatever the case may be, um, decided on who's, where they're going to go. Um, probably going to deal with this whole thing with the LeBron thing, taking weeks before he makes a decision of what he's actually going to do. So I think that with the draft, I think it's better off the draft going first um, because it's still drafts what they – 
to be honest, it's probably even better for the teams for the draft what they need um, and develop that way and then go after free agents, you know, after the fact. So to kind of put the icing on the cake of what they're looking for. Um, I could just see free agents just dra- like dragging out the process for a long time. Like, if Unless, of course, they make it like a one-week thing where free agents have to sign within a one-week or two-week process. But outside of that, I think it would probably be more beneficial to, to keep the status quo, so to speak. Yeah, I feel, yeah, because my question is, all right, you know, depending on how long the playoffs and the finals go, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, if the playoffs went long and the, and the finals went seven games, the last game of the finals would have been a um, week and a half ago. So when are you going to have the draft? When are you going to start free agency? Are you going to push things now? Because then you're talking about having free agency, what, directly after the season for about a week. And then when are you going to have the draft? The end of January, end of June, beginning of July. And then basically now you really only got when, – when is the summer league going to technically start? It's going to be all of July. Then you go right into August and September. So that off season, I don't know. I'd be kind of interested if they were to do that how would they make that switch with the scheduling? Because are you going to start the season early or are you going to make it, like you said, a one-week thing where um, finals end, you know, one day, two weeks later, one week of free agency, everything goes. Then after that, then you have to draft a week or two later. So I'd be curious about that. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is, I think Houston is looking at it from a standpoint where, if they were able to secure free agency, then they know how to attack the draft. Whereas, you know, they're basing it off of what their current team is, not knowing what their future team will be. But then also the NBA can look at it in a standpoint from they can make it like the NFL, how the NFL has something going on. Like you can always talk about the NFL. If, there's, if it's free agency, if it's the draft, if it's this, if it's that. They can make it where the NBA is sort of kind of like an ongoing year-long spectacle where you have your season, but then you have your drama in the offseason to keep the fans more engaged. Um, It's an interesting concept, and I agree with you, Earl. Uh, It would all depend on how things would kind of get shifted and rearranged as far as the playoffs, as far as the free agency period, if you're going to put a cap on how long it takes before players, the whole, you know, the whole free agency in itself. If it's a two-week hard cap, then you, you, it's a two-week hard cap. All moves have to be made. Then you know, and then of course, any small supplemental type trades or something like that can be done after the fact. But I guess with the whole blockbuster, the summer of these players becoming available, you know, I guess that's what builds the drama. But then, let's just say for shits and giggles, Houston was able to pull off a trade to get. LeBron, and now you have LeBron, you know, Chris Paul, and and the beard, would Houston have gone about their draft in a way that they did now versus how they've done it? So I guess that's the, that's the ultimate type of what if. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And to be honest, if that was the case, like, I were – it, they would be like majority of their draft would be all bigs like or to fill out whatever pieces that they have that's glaring because let's be honest if LeBron comes they're not going to resign Clint Capella um so they wouldn't have to go after another big 
um, or somebody to replace Clint Capella mm-hmm. or may do it in free agency. So there's a lot of what if scenarios that is out there. Um, basically, it's just, you know, something that, you know, if they were actually doing that, I think they would be more better planned as far as what they're going to go out and get in free agency and work that, you know, work that way up instead of doing a draft and free agency. So. Yeah. And, and, and if I was using Rockets, or at least if I'm the beard, even like you said in his, in his little um, speech, when he won the MVP award, I'm technically I don't really think Houston Rockets necessarily need LeBron James. No. If the bastards were to sit there and think Capella, <laughs> they wouldn't have been in this whole situation. <laughs> Capella was eating Golden State up. No, they wanted to get away from Capella. Couldn't believe it. But anyway, you know, that's another talk, conversation for a different day. <laughs> Crazy. All right, so the Coupe de, de, Coupe de Gracie, the Coupe de Gras. Free agency, the sweepstakes of LeBron again. Where will he go? Will LA will LA trade for Kawhi? Will PG stay in OKC? Um, let's get. We got ten minutes. Let's 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 explore the possibilities. E reverse because you said you had you had a, a theory. I'm curious. Did I? I forgot about that. Well, you you said that you believe that LeBron is going to opt in. I think he, I, I think he, he may opt in for a one, a, a, a one and done year, um, and not stay two years. I don't know. It, it's weird because the Kawhi Leonard whole thing with, with San Antonio is, is really what's kind of, that's what's really kind of making everything kind of weird because um, Kawhi becomes a free agent next summer. Um, and he's basically told San Antonio that he doesn't want to play for them and his preferable place is to go to LA more than likely to the Lakers, but San Antonio is not going to deal ball with the Lakers. They're not going to help their, their rivals. Um, so if I was San Antonio, I wouldn't trade him to the, to the Lakers. I would trade him East, get him out of the West, especially after the division. But, um, I'll just read it. You can't see it on Bleacher Report. LA has re-engaged Spurs in Kawhi Leonard trade talks. So it's heating up. I am shocked if they was a player. I unless they unless they're asking for a king's ransom from 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 the Lakers. I believe it, and I I, I would have to. I think. would. <laughs> I would. But I think. <laughs> but I think I, I think the Kawhi Leonard thing is is kind of maybe what kind of hinges everything. Not necessarily LeBron, because I think LeBron is kind of. He can opt out, but he has no rush to do anything right now. But I think he's kind of waiting to see what the landscape looks like. Um, he could stay one more year, and if Kawhi doesn't get dealt to the Lakers and he gets sent somewhere else and he's not going to sign, then he's he's all free to go to the Lakers. Then I think LeBron goes there because I don't know if LeBron wants to spend a year with that squad wasting his talent. Unless he is definitely assured – that somebody else is going to be there that's going to take that workload off of him. If not, he is going from one bad squad to an even worse squad. So why be in a worse squad in a better conference when you can be in a bad squad in a lesser conference where you own it um, for right now? But um, 
I, he could opt in if nobody leaves and if Kawhi gets sent somewhere east. Now, before I, you see, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I said, I, I, I have a feeling Paul George might wind up staying at OKC. Okay. Now, before you say what you got to say, I want to throw out this conspiracy theory type of thing that I'm in another group with some guys that I do fantasy football with. <laughs> they're DC guys, so they're big, uh, big Wizards fans, the majority of them. So we know about the trade of Martin Gortat for uh, Austin, Rivers. Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, right. Okay. With that being said, the big thing is why would the Wizards turn around and pick up another guard when the Wizards are so guard heavy right now and they're losing a big. So their theory is, and this is what they hope, that they're hoping that Washington will trade Beal straight up for love and bring love to to the Wizards and put Beal in Cleveland in hopes of trying to keep LeBron and Cleveland teaming up with Bill. Your thoughts? You lost me in the last part. So, they, so, so they're thinking that sending Bill to the Cavs would keep LeBron? They're not saying that it will keep them, but they're saying it in hopes that it can entice LeBron to stay because now you got another bona fide shooter. And I think Bill is somebody who can create his own shot. That it, 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 it does seem weird. Now I, I do get your your assessment that with Austin Rivers and Bill and Wall, that's very very guard heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Wall and Gortat had had a lot of friction over over the course of this past season, and I think Wall got his wish of getting Gortat out of there, um, which I think he's better with them without them if they're not beefing, but I Bill goes there wouldn't wouldn't move the needle at all whether or not LeBron James stays or goes. That wouldn't keep him. So that's an upgrade over JR. Not enough. It would have to be either a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard type player to keep LeBron technically in Cleveland. All you're doing is upgrading JR with Bill, which moves you about that much. <laughs> Not enough. You're still going to be, at best, losing in the Western Conference Finals, no matter who you play. Oh. And I think he's. I think he's trying not to laugh his, his butt off. No, I, I'm. I'm very glad that you brought up the trade, um, because I. I been going back and forth with so many DC fans about this. Oh, so you heard this too? Okay. So it's a- yes. Um, I, I, yes, I am aware of the trade. Um, from number one, from the Clipper standpoint, it almost assures me that they're going to get rid of DeAndre um, Jordan. Um, that's almost a guarantee now. Um, I think that the Austin Rivers Doc relationship has nothing to do with it. I think that you know now that Doc is no longer. Um, head of bas- basketball operations at the Clippers, 
they did what was necessary to finally get rid of Rivers, which was something that Chris Paul wanted all along um, when he was in L.A. He wanted them to get rid of um, Austin Rivers, but never did because Doc was the president of operations there. So that <laughs> it's funny how that happens now. Um, it's funny how that CP3 is gone, Blake Griffin is gone, and now they get rid of Austin Rivers. Um, but it's neither here nor there. I think that the whole thing. Number one, let's get, let me let's get something straight about Washington. Um, John Wall. I mean, I don't understand. I don't. Maybe that's you know. Maybe it's just certain fans. I really at this point don't understand the fixation of John Wall when the Wizards have basically have done nothing. They for whatever reason, and rightfully so, you could blame Ernie Grunfeld because he's the GM. But let's be honest here. John Wall hasn't done anything to make sure that his teammates was being a you know or being a team player that he is. He criticized everybody under the bus that's on his team. He criticized about people getting paid over him. Like I don't understand the love about this, and I'm more. It's more of a thing that I could say that I'm glad to see Gortat leave so he could get away from that dysfunction. Because let's be honest, when the Wizards were playing well without Wall, everything was good. Teammates were talking. They were doing everything they needed to do. They were winning games. But yet Wall was in the background still criticizing the fact that I don't need me or whatever the case may be. has nothing to do – it just seems as though that based off of this past season, the Wizards were playing a lot more better basketball without John Wall. Let's just it's just it's just plain and simple. So to hear Wizards fans for whatever reason keep defending John Wall like he's some saint, it's it's is mind boggling. And to think that whatever it is that now that Gortat is done, you know, is out the way that the Wizards is just going to just magically jump into being one of the top teams in the East. I don't find that happening. As a matter of fact, with all due respect, I love the fact that they brought in Austin Rivers, but it's not going to solve the dysfunction that is Washington. Sorry. And until they put a check with John Wall or make it so that the team is better um, cohesive-wise – they're not going they're going to keep going down where it's instead of going up. Um, that's just my opinion on that situation. And to be honest, to, for them to think that Bradley Bills is going to get traded to Cleveland, I don't see how that can happen when Bradley Bill is the best player on the Washington Wizards by far. John Wall is a better athlete, but yet Bradley Bill is the better player overall than John Wall. And he is the better overall player for the Washington Wizards. The team should be built around him, not the other way around. And that's just my opinion. But for whatever reason, Wizards fans believe that John Wall is the best player. So that's why they're going to stay where they are no matter what happens. Because until they resolve that aspect of it, I just don't see them increasing or going to a next level. Well, personally, I don't think they should take separate Wall and Beal. One, just because in a league where a big three, big three, big four type pieces are necessary, you got two. Learn from OKC's mistakes. You got two. 
You're missing a third piece. Now, could they aggressively try to go after Boogie in free agency? Um, that would definitely up their ante. Um, let's just say they went and they went and traded a love for a bill for whatever reason. They can still go after Boogie and they'll still have a pretty decent big three. You know, I, I still think Love has a lot to offer. I just don't understand how where Love's head is when he's in Cleveland. Like I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Um <laughs> Uh, but whether it be, you know, I don't know. Uh, Washington just needs a piece. Now, I don't understand their, their draft. I don't understand why they went after that Captain Morgan. Um, but obviously, they're, obviously, in their mind, they're setting themselves up to do something. Getting rid of Gortat was a piece of their puzzle of what they're trying to achieve. I'm curious where DeAndre Jordan is going to land, you know, because – LeBron wanted DeAndre Jordan during free agency um, and during um, the draft, uh, the trade deadline. Can they pull off a trade for DeAndre Jordan? Can Cleveland pull off the trade for Kimball Walker? Does a Kimball Walker, DeAndre Jordan, enough to keep a LeBron in Cleveland for one year and then try free agency again? after this particular, you know, after next season. And even if he were to leave, at least Cleveland won't be in such a bad shape with DeAndre Jordan and Kemper Walker, you know, and if they're, and if they're, uh, the piece that they picked up in the draft tends to be somewhat decent. You got a pretty decent core with Sexton, but then, but then I'm thinking Sexton probably won't be there if they trade for Walker, because then they're going to use Sexton as a piece they get Kimball Walker from Sharp. So. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, if LeBron opts in for one year, it, it, it can't be technically with that team as a whole as currently constructed. No. They suck. It's going to have some, they don't have any camera to do anything. So it's going to have to be a series of trades. Now, mm-hmm. only, yeah, you, you're right. You got the Sexton, who I think might be better than, um, better, better than Trey Young, in my opinion. But, um, I mean, that's one piece that if you were to do any kind of trade, I think most teams would basically ask for him before they were probably asked for Kevin Love. Um, so um, that would be the only trade bait they got. But uh, DeAndre Jordan and Kimball Walker, May be able to keep him around for one year, but he ain't, he ain't, stick, he ain't sticking around. How about this? <laughs> this might tickle Al's fancy. What if, what if Cleveland dangled Love and Sexton for Walt? And then they still get... Wait, wait, say that again? So what if Cleveland... Say Cleveland still went out and got DeAndre Jordan, but then they dangled Sexton and Love to get Walt? Yo, if I'm Washington, I'm on that. If I'm Washington, I'm on it. Like, I'm going to be honest with you because that does two things. Because whether or not – no, I still would do it. Still would do it. If I'm Washington, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Because you you get rid of a big contract in John Wall, but you get a point guard that has the potential to be a John Wall. And you bring in Kevin Love where you, where you get the rebounding and outside shooting. I would do that. And I, 
but the only problem would be what I would do with um, Morris, um, one of the Morris twins. That would probably be the only thing. Or I could move Love to the five and do it that way. So there is some options there. So I, if I'm Washington, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. But I know any girl would that would be something that he would never do. <laughs> you know what? I, you know, a theory could be for, for Cleveland, you know, could be, let's say, um, maybe the Cavaliers have to turn the page. Maybe they don't want to give up Sexton, you know, you know, cut off their nose to spite their, you know, their face in the future. If LeBron James says, I'm not going to opt out, maybe they say good ratings and go ahead. Maybe they just try to do their best to kind of get these contracts out, start fresh, start new and overhaul. Or they can go to LeBron James and be like, you know what? Just go ahead and opt out. And just, and just say, we can't, we can't have you hold the whole entire organization and the team hostage for another year. Because if you sign on, there's only one year, and we're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering, probably give up our pick in order to get some pieces around you. And you're probably still going to bounce after this year if you still want to go to, you know, L.A., depending on what happens with Kawhi Leonard. Right. If I'm Dan Gilbert, maybe I'll just go to him and say, you know what, don't worry about taking your time. Just opt out and go. And let's just have a clean break, and we'll both go our separate ways, and you just do a massive – overhaul rebuild and try to and try to come back with a more competitive team in a couple of years is either going to do it now or you're going to do it after next year either way you're screwed so your minds will start now i agree with you on that i think that i think they should just really just cut their ties right now and just focus on the rebuild or or try to convince lebron to opt in and trade him sign and trade mm-hmm they could do that. Um, that's a, I mean, a, but I'd cool that in the option as a rebuild. Like, the only way he would be able to sign in is if he signed in and we trade him. Um, similar to what CP3 did, um, get some value back in return. Um, but outside of that, I think rebuild should be the only thing that they should be focused on right now. LeBron did what he needed to do. He got them a title. I think that right now the team should just focus on doing other things to bring, you know, more people back into the fold and just rebuild from there. Yeah, if you still like you said, if you want to, if it's really about Cleveland and the team and the Cavs. I mean, you can. He might not want to do a sign and trade just as despite Dan Gilbert. But I mean, if you really want to leave Cleveland in a, in a better shape, then yeah, a sign and trade like CP3 did. Okay, trade me, but get some stuff back in return. By the way, heroes are the teams that I would like. You know, I would like to go to. Yeah, the crazy thing about it is if, if LeBron truly wants to go to the Lakers, what the hell can the Lakers possibly give? They had to probably have to come off of Kuzma. Um, Which I don't think they want to. And some, right, and some probably have to come off Lonzo. <laughs> I think. Which they'd be more than willing to. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, I think they – they would prefer to keep Kuzman and, and Ball, but I think if they had to part with one of the, or the other, they'll be they'll part with Ball before they would part with Kuzman. Yeah, but I, I mean, but Kuzman would bring back a better return. Right, but is this well now? I know we're coming up on time, so just quickly, as far as the sign and trade is concerned, don't they still have to kind of match numbers as far as monies? So, like Lakers will probably have to come off a, a lot of those jokers just to match the money for LeBron. Well, if they do a sign and trade, they can do a sign one year and then trade them. 
but they still have to match salaries. They got enough money in the cap. They can probably work something out or get a third team in place to be able to kind of. But the thing is that they're not going to do that for LeBron when he could just come in for, you know, for a max contract. The whole thing about the sign and trade is going to be focused on if they can get Kawhi um, in San Antonio. I think that's where the push is going to be as far as who they're offering. LeBron is just going to easily just come in. You know, why would he have to do a sign and trade when he doesn't have to lose any pieces that he wants to keep on the Lakers? He could just go there. So I think this is going to be more beneficial for the San Antonio Spurs because this is Kawhi is not a free agent. So they're definitely going to need to be a sign and trade if Kawhi wants to go there. Yeah, and if I'm the Spurs, I'm asking for Kuzman. I'm asking for Cruz. I'm asking for Kuzma and Ingram. Yes. Right. Yep. And then lastly, just something to ponder till next week. Um, and I lost the ponder. So, with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue, and I um, and I can't seem to think about it. It has something to do with LeBron and. The, I guess we'll know by next week or after the fourth exactly where everything is going to kind of kind of wind down. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about then. Well, fellas, again, thank you. It was great. Um, I hope everybody out there who's listening, watching, enjoyed the show as well. But let folks know where they can reach you once the show is over, if they have any questions or they want to chime in and what they believe free agency is going to come out to be. Uh, well, I can be reached in um, uh, on the uh, can be reached in Twitter, Snapchat, and the Gram. Um, Je Ross Seven A. And of course, you can reach me on Twitter, Instagram. I am uh, Qualls. Um, to be honest, you can also reach Guys Talking Sports. Um, now they have an Instagram account, which is Guys Talking Sports, as well as Twitter, um, Guys Sports Talk at Guys Sports Talk. So that will be put up on the, the notes and stuff after the fact. And you can find me on Twitter at AdrianCat1963. AdrianCat1963 on Twitter. So, fellas, I'd like to thank you. Um, it was great. Can't, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Friday when all the dramas are really going to unfold. <clears throat> Whether LeBron is going to opt in or opt out. Until then. Everybody out there, we thank you, we love you, we appreciate all the feedback and all the all the great things that you say, that you say about us. Uh, please continue to listen. Have a great night. A big farewell. God bless. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>